Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. The improved Built Bar has now six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherries barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Despite those dessert flavors, they're all less than 200 calories and have up to 19 grams of protein. Make sure you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON. For the win! Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDowell, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBB. We have a massive expansion in our listener uh, opportunities, and there's a daily show now, whether it's Dave Ibrahim or Amy Audibert or Lindsey Gibbs or Eric Ayala, somebody talking basketball every single day. And of course, I'm here with our Friday conversation, although we are recording on Wednesday afternoon, and we are talking to a fellow Jersey product, much like myself, but far more talented, and Maisha Hines Allen. So thank you, first of all, for chatting with me. And I want to start with a Jersey-specific question. You are six foot two. You have managed to be an elite rebounder over taller players at Louisville, you know, Montclair before you even got to college, and now here in the WNBA. Is that just Jersey toughness? Is that just a stat that illustrates Jersey toughness? I was just about to say that. I was like, uh, <laughs> I think that's what I'm supposed to say since I'm from Jersey. But, um, you know, I, I just think it's a mindset. Um, you know, just doesn't matter how small you are, how big you are. Just go in there and do your job. And one of my jobs on the team is to down. So just try my best. You've always been an elite rebounder. I remember you at Louisville, and you were constantly doing this. The numbers have gotten to another level this year, though. I think coming into today's game, you are sixth in the league in defensive rebounding percentage. What has allowed you to reach another level with that, since obviously you've always been relentless, but the numbers reflect that you've even gotten better in 2020 so far? Um, just for this year, I think just being on the court, um, it's allowing me to um, rebound the ball well. Uh, so I think that's contributes to uh, me, you know, being top, would you say, top six in, in the mm-hmm. league with that. So um, I think just being on the court, uh, like you said, it's like one of the things that I do well is rebound. So, um, yeah, when I'm on the court, I'm able to rebound. So, yeah. what's, what's interesting to me about that, by the way, and, and this is across the board, is you've gotten obviously significantly more opportunities, and we'll get into why that is in a little while. But it's not just that your raw numbers have gone up, but your ability to do the, do it well has gone up across the board. And so it's not just defensive rebounding. Your efficiency from inside the three-point arc uh, has gone up significantly as well. Do you find there's a certain amount of reps you can get where you feel like you're comfortable in the game? I mean, does it take, you know, 10 minutes in the game and suddenly you feel like you're reaching another level? I'm just wondering what that's like and what point that is for you. Yeah, I think being comfortable, you know, with the ball just comes from, you know, my teammates giving me confidence, my coaches giving me confidence, um, and that just goes a long way. (laughs) Like once you have people in your corner, you know, that's going to war for you every single day, 
and we're with you, you know, every single day. It's just, you know, your, your confidence grows. You get more comfortable mm-hmm. with the ball, whether it's inside or outside, um, bringing the ball up. Like, on like some, some place you'll see, like, I'll grab that rebound, and the point guards tell me, you know, you push the ball. I look over Coach Seller, you push the ball. So it's just, it just brings confidence and, and just makes me flow and, and just, um, you know, just, I think just overall just confidence just from that. I'm glad you brought that up because that to me is a really significant part of your game. When you think about where the WNBA is, where it's going, it seems like you see more and more bigs, quote unquote bigs, being able to play like guards. And I'm wondering about your background and where you got to that point where that was a skill set where you're comfortable with. It seems just obviously like a perfect fit for the 2020 WNBA, but you couldn't have known that growing up. So how did that develop so that you have those guard skills despite being your height and being able to bang inside? Yeah, um, started when I was younger. <clears throat> <laughs> my my coaches, uh, like, since ever since I like, picked up a ball, just knowing how to dribble the ball. Um, and then, like, middle school and high school, I was – basically like the point guard in a sense uh so just that type of confidence my aau coach um you know my when you get the ball you know you can push it you can lead the break and um in college it wasn't like that you know Mm -hmm. you have your your positions and in college you know he was like my you are you know the post player so that's where i was able to like learn post moves learn how to get around those bigger defenders and whatnot and then you know coming to the WNBA, it all came, like, all came circle. Like, I was just, I got stronger. I got a lot stronger, actually, um, since college. And then I also had the guard skills that I was, you know, brought up on and then continued to grow for, um, you know, the past two years in the WNBA. So I think it's just all coming full circle now, just, you know, ever since I was younger, working on the guard stuff, like being a guard. And, um, and then in college, I was a post player, so just knowing how to, you know, get around those those bigger defenders and, and use my strength, use my body, what can I do well, you know. So um, it's definitely coming full circle now that I'm in uh, the WNBA. So to your mind, if, if Jeff Wallace doesn't have you playing the post in college, you're not able to have that same level of leap the way you have here in 2020? Uh, of course. Uh, and I think it's, you know, not just Coach Wallace. I think it's my uh, high school coach. Um, my AU coach and you know, my coaches growing up uh, sure. was like the PAL. So I think it's all my coaches, not just one in particular. Well, I, ju- I just meant being able to play inside is something that was a later thing to develop for you, it sounds like. Uh, yeah. Well, I in- played all over before. <laughs> no, it's, and, and it shows, right? It shows not just at the offensive end, but at the defensive end, where you've got the type of versatility defensively you know, look, I've seen you guard fives who are uh, much, much taller than you. I've seen you guard twos and threes. Where was your defensive evolution, and where did you get to that point? I mean, I, I don't mean to rely on it so much, although you see it, obviously, every time you're here in state, but it feels like another jersey thing, that you don't come out of jersey and just play on one side of the ball. Yeah, um, just being active, just being all over, uh, being all over the court definitely helped me be able to guard that that two two through um, five position. And 
I, I think, yeah, that, that definitely contributes. But we'll go back to it being a Jersey thing because I actually like the sound of that too. Yeah, I, 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 I do too. That's all right. That's flying down <laughs> other states can can aspire to be like like our state. So let's talk about your initial entry into the WNBA and. I remember having a conversation with you after your final collegiate game where it was obvious to me, having seen you play in college, that your game was going to translate extraordinarily well. And you got to the draft and you were picked 19th in the draft. And there are a lot of teams who selected other players ahead of you who have, Mm -hmm. without question, regrets. I just wonder for you, do you let that drive you? And what do you remember about that night? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I let that, I, I you know, think too far into that. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm still in the WNBA. I'm still going to try to make an impact and learn and grow from the ladies that are in this league, you know. So um, I, don't, I don't think it, it really drives me or I think too much into it. Um, but... Uh, uh, what was the second part of the question? I'm sorry. Just if it's not a motivating factor. Oh, my factor. night. Yeah. And, and so if it's not a motivating factor, instead you have this opportunity now here in 2020, it's obviously a strange circumstance by which it happened. But I'm wondering if you could take me through what it was like as it became clear that, you know, Tina Charles wouldn't play in 2020 and that Elena Deldon... Uh, was probably not going to play in 2020. Is that a conversation you're having with Mike? Is that a conversation where you're working with Eric and the assistants? How do you go about preparing for what turned into a dramatically different role for you here than you necessarily would have expected, say, in February or March? Yeah. Um, so, so like the my first two years with the Washington Mystics definitely, you know, contributes to what I'm doing right now because. Again, I've I had I've had amazing, amazing veterans and, and players in front of me, you know, that I can watch and I can learn from. So, um, just being able to watch and learn from them and grow from them, um, and they're not here this year, but they're still talking to me and communi- communicating with me. Not only just me, just the whole team too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that definitely contributes to what I'm doing now. But also in the same sense, when I went to uh, South Korea this past. Overseas season, I knew coming. I didn't know first. I didn't know like what was gonna happen with the WNBA, right? Um, with the COVID and stuff. If we're gonna have a season, if we're not. Sure. But during that season, I was like, I was playing so well. It was like the best basketball I've been playing, and I'm like, I'm so ready for the WNBA season, right? So I was just super excited to you know get back in, and you know whether whether I play. Whether if everyone you know was going to play, whether I played or not, like I was going to be ready. I was going to be mentally there, mentally sharp, mentally tuned in every single day. Because you know you have your days where you check out and and you you know have self doubt, like why am I here? Like I'm not playing, you know. So I told myself, you know, you're going to be ready. You're going to find your role. You're going to find find somewhere, whether it be, you know, two minutes or or ten. It does not matter. You are going to be prepared. Um, for, for the season and then once we got word that we we're going to have a season and then you know we got then we got word that people are going to opt out and then some people can't play um it was all right you you 
are you going to find a way to play, right? Now you have to find a way to sustain, uh, sorry, playing for a longer time because <laughs> you were imagining playing for 20 plus minutes. Now you got to play for 20 plus minutes and be sharp. And, you know, that's still something that I'm learning and trying to get better at because, you know, this is a different role. This is a higher, you know, um, competition level. So it's just like, I have to be mentally there. I have to be sharp with everything I do, you know, my defense, um, which leads to the offensive end, it has to be better. Uh, so I kind of knew from, you know, the overseas season this past season that I was going to be ready for whatever, whatever came. You so know, cause, I'm sorry. It, it's interesting because it sounds to me like you're talking about a question of consistency, a question of being able to do it every time out. And the, and the reason why I think that's so interesting to me is, like you said, you put up crazy numbers overseas. But I can go back to your fourth and fifth game in the WNBA. So you're a rookie. And rookies are typically not able to do this. You put up back-to-back double-doubles. Uh, and you didn't just put up back-to-back double-doubles. You did it against Minnesota, who at that time, is early 2018, you're the defending you're facing the defending WNBA champs. And then you did it against Seattle, who went on to win it in 2018. So you were doing that against the very best competition. And my question for you is, do you feel like it was a thing where you would have been able to uh, take full advantage of this opportunity you're getting now in 2018? Or did your game need to evolve further for you to be able to do what you're doing this year? I definitely think it needed to involve further, but yeah, because yeah, it definitely needed to involve because you you think about it like those are just two games like there were big games you know we were playing big ones. After that, it was just like, all right, can she keep doing it? Can she keep doing it? I go into the Phoenix game, which was after our, our Seattle one, mm-hmm. and. It was consistency. I wasn't able to, you know, do what I was doing before. And it granted, you know, it is um, uh, Brittany Griner on the other end, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but true. It, it goes into, like, that consistency part where, you know, I have to learn how to, you know, keep one, keep playing through mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, next play, just think next play, next play. We have 40 minutes to, to, to figure this out, you know. Uh, so... I definitely, I definitely uh, believe that uh, it's, you know, the consistency part is a big part of, of my game that I'm still trying to get better at. And is your physical strength something that helps you do it? Do you think that's more mental or is it really a combination of the two? Uh, I definitely think it, it's mental, more mental than, than anything. Interesting. Because uh, if you're not mentally there, then, you know, you, you can't do anything, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I definitely think it's more, more mental. And so, and, and being in that role, playing for others, you know, playing minutes that would have gone to the veterans that you talk about, does that help? Did coming into this season, knowing that Mike was going to rely on you to do that, make a difference, you think, in being able to snap to that focus? And I guess the other part of that is being in Bradenton. And being in a place right now where basketball is as centric to your daily life as it would be when you're overseas is how I've heard a lot of the other players compare it. 
right? That, you know, you're in this bubble in the way an overseas team kind of puts you in that bubble as well. Do you think that has made a difference in your ability to break out? Oh, yes. I I definitely do. Uh, Because, again, I go back to South Korea, and we were isolated. Mm -hmm. And I was playing the best basketball that I've played in. And honestly, my whole, you know, career. So um, I definitely think that being isolated, in a sense, is, you know, better for me because I'm not worried about, like, outside noise, for one, for two. I'm not worried about just the outside world, really. I'm just focused and dialed into basketball, and that's it. So I definitely think, you know, being here in Florida um, is good. <laughs> are there are there practices that you can take out of that in what we all, I guess, hope is a post-coronavirus world? Are there ways that you have learned specific ways to um, tune things out that can convert beyond just Bradenton, you think? Yeah. Um, I think just, just focusing on myself, focus on what's most important to me, what I'm, you know, dialed into at that time and, and, and not focus on the outside noise or what's going on, mm-hmm. um, but whatever the case may be, what, what else is going on. So I think, you know, just being dialed in and being, you know, focused on the task at hand for me. And um, what... Oh, go ahead, please. No, 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 I was finishing. So something you have done, though, which I think speaks to your ability to find the world beyond basketball without losing that focus is your work uh, on the uh, app TikTok. And I'd like to (laughs) talk to you about that a little bit, if I could, not just because my daughter very much wants me to ask you, but more generally because it's... (laughs) You've created some of the best viral content that we've seen, but there's a larger aspect to that, I'd have to think, which is that it's an emotional outlet, right? Can you talk to me a little bit about just what it feels like as you're doing these things on TikTok? Yeah, so our first, one, I never had TikTok before I got to the bubble. (laughs) And like, I wouldn't say I wasn't a big fan of it, but like, I was just like, yeah, like make videos like I used to watch everyone else's mm-hmm. like they used to be so funny so like before we got to the bubble like we knew like I knew that Emma and um, Ariel Atkins were gonna be my roommates I was like oh like let's have, uh, let, let's make a TikTok account like our first one be like a like a family one where it's like a line and they do that little shake thing yes. <laughs> and they're like all right let's go and then after that it kind of just like took off um and we were just like all right yeah let's do this one let's do this one but like recently we've been like so tired with like back like games so it's like back to back so it's just like, we don't really have we don't have time to you know uh, create any more tiktoks right now but like before we're just all right uh, let's do this tiktok let's do it you know we have a different idea so um, I, I mean in your yeah. defense the don't leave me challenge requires a lot of energy i mean it's it's a high intensity tiktok video that was that was and that was so funny. You know, I don't know how many times I watched that video and I laugh every single time. Like it is so funny to me. Oh my god. I, I can tell you that in, in our house it's we are responsible for north of hundred page views as it relates to that particular TikTok. So a, a massive success. Well, Maisha Heinz Allen, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Always glad to chat about your game, about the state of New Jersey basketball. And uh, wish you all the continued success. But thanks for taking the time to 
chat with us and uh, in, provide insight to our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for having me.